Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Over the last nine months or so, the elders from City Church Coventry and Covenant Life Church Leicester and Living Rock Church, that's all, um, all uh, quite a few of us, 14, 15 of us, we've been meeting together to pray and encourage one another and share and enjoy fellowship. And uh, I just wonder if the, if the elders could just stand at this moment so that you could see these wonderful brothers. And yeah, absolutely. Great men with great wives, great families. And this morning we meet as three great churches. I wonder if you could just say that with me, three great churches. We're, we're three great churches. Three great churches, five congregations, based here in the Midlands. And for all of us, this is something of a new day and a new season. And uh, so I want to just share, before we break bread together, about the power of partnership. I want to share some creation principles uh, and a sensational story, true one, and it describes some practical opportunities for us. And I, I'm doing that in the light of, um, well, I was so blessed last night with, with the prophetic word. God said, I've gathered you in this enlarged environment to expand your vision and show you the power of togetherness. Amen. The power of togetherness. About um, 10, maybe 15 years ago, I was in this room standing about here and we had a national event and Kerry had asked for all the elders from all the churches to come and stand at the front and I stood right at the end of a kind of a a line but it was more of an arc of uh, elders I stood at the end and as I stood there the Lord said to me it was a watershed moment for me the Lord said all these brothers are for you it was, a, it was a breakthrough yes. moment for me. Uh, there's a lot I could say about the, 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 the context and the background, but, but just to know there was no competition between us. There were no comparisons. These other brothers were simply cheering me on. And I want to say to you this morning, in Coventry, in Leicester, in Living Rock, in our three places, we're all cheering you on. We're cheering you on. All of us are for you. You know, from the very beginning, if I just talk about why it's better to be together, from the very beginning, God reveals himself as three in one, as Father and Son and Holy Spirit, and, and that together, he, they create all things in and, and by and through their plurality, their togetherness their partnership, and every good thing they made, they have made, is designed to work in a similar partnership and togetherness with others. God in his holy trinity made things and animals and people that depend on each other. The heavens and the earth work together. The sun and the moon are synchronized. Plants and animals need each other to bear fruit and reproduce. Adam and Eve were created for union or or maybe reunion and fruitfulness. Out of his own 
divine togetherness, God designed everything so that nothing can be at its best in independence, in isolation. Uh, and, and that is most profoundly expressed in this little verse up here. It's the first time God called anything not good. It is not good that the man is alone. Because everybody needs a suitable helper. Because there's great power in partnership. Sin, of course, affected everything and brought division and conflict and splits and breakups and separations. But Jesus paid for all those horrors, all those abominations that contradict the image of God. And at the heart of our gospel is a belief in restoration, that God wants to take everything back and beyond his original intention. And if that means anything for us practically, it means we should take every opportunity to express and enjoy our unity, our partnership, our togetherness. Who was blessed to be together and worship the Lord this morning? It was such a blessing to be together. That's why the church is, is pictured as a body in which every part depends on the others. Paul says we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. I think that's why Paul had such a big team of, of friends and co-workers. He says Titus is my partner and my co-worker. He describes himself and Apollos as co-workers who are planting and watering together. He speaks to the Philippian church and he, say, he talks about your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. You're all partners with me in grace. If I could turn you to Ecclesiastes 4, verses 7. We know, these, we, know, we know some of these verses well. But in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 7, Solomon says, Again, I, I, saw, the, I saw futility under the sun. There is a person without a companion, without even a son or a brother. He goes on to talk about this, this person's toil and labor and dissatisfaction. He says, this too is, is futile and a miserable task. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. And also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone stay warm, keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Two are better than one. And it seems three are even better. So imagine what five are. And you know, when, when the church, when his church is, is so often tarnished by the same embarrassing divisions and splits and conflicts that, that damage the body of Christ and damage the testimony of Jesus, being together is beautifully opposite and brings glory and honor to Jesus. And you know, in towns and cities up and down the country, Churches are doing their best to make things fit. It's a, I think it's a mathematical term, the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Anybody remember that? Yeah. Everybody's shivering when I even mention 
the LCD. The lowest common denominator, just to find you know, where, we, where we can all be agreed. But, but folks, we are already joined yes. at a level and at a depth that is the envy of many. I can assure you, in our convictions, in our gospel, in our relationships, in our visions, in our mission. And it feels like a wonderful time to make the most of it. To make the most of our, of our joining together. Psalm 133, anybody who know this one? How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For there the Lord has appointed the blessing, life forevermore. God appoints eternal life when brothers and sisters can live together in harmony. All of which is to say, we're much better together. We're better, it's better for you personally to be connected and committed and invested and engaged than to be drifting around on the fringe. God forbid. And it's better that our three great churches join hands and run together than stay in our own lanes. We need each other. And partnership and togetherness is at the very heart of being made in the image of God. Amen. Amen. I want to take you to a sensational story. It's in Luke chapter 5. It illustrates the power of partnership. It contains within it some profound principles and some practical illustrations. It's Luke 5, we'll read this in a moment. It's, it's the story of, of discovering that two are better than one. And I think there's some, some real simple keys in here that will help us to position ourselves for this new season. So let's read, uh, it's going to be on the screen, but this is Luke 5 from verse 1. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Gennesaret, Lake Galilee, and he saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master, Simon replied, we've, we've worked hard all night long and caught nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and, and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed, some versions say astonished, at the catch of fish they took. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. And then they brought the boats to land 
and left everything and followed him. It's a fantastic story. And I'd like to just consider um, five things from it, really. The The first is to say, in this story, it begins with a situation. They were washing their nets. They were washing their nets. They'd ended at one shift. They'd been working hard all night. And they had nothing to show for it. Terribly disappointing. Very frustrating. Hope deferred. I don't know whether there's anybody that might possibly be able to relate to ever feeling that way. But now, are they dejected? Are they crushed? Are they moping? Are they licking their wounds? No, they're getting ready to go out again. They're making a fresh start, making a choice, being intentional and purposeful and cleaning their nets as an act of faith, believing for a bigger catch. And I know there are are many individual lives and, and stories here today, but I just want to encourage you, don't give up if things have been tough or fruitless or unfulfilling, or just simply falling short of your dreams and hopes. The word spoke a word, the Lord spoke a word, the word, well, the same thing, isn't it? The Lord spoke a word, the word spoke a word this morning and said dreams will come alive this morning. If your dreams and hopes have felt unfulfilled, it's time this morning not to be defined by the past. Not to retreat when disappointments come or when hope is deferred. Here is an enlarged environment and I believe all of us, it's a great day to get up, wash our nets and get ready to go again. God has a new day and a fresh start for us in many things. They were washing their nets. It's a profound picture of an act of faith. And then secondly... um, they offered their boat. Simon made his boat, his boat available to Jesus. Yes. It seems a simple thing, doesn't it? He, I don't know what his boat would have looked like. He, maybe like one of those ones on the picture, maybe, maybe, um, maybe not. But he makes his boat available to Jesus. His boat is his workplace. Yes. His boat, boat represents his identity. His boat said so much about who he was. And what he did. His boat represents his career, his investment, probably maybe even represents his family and his heritage. All he depended on. And he gives it over to Jesus in this moment, puts it at Jesus' disposal, and welcomes Jesus, as it were, into the midst of his world. All that had defined him up to that point, Jesus is now sitting in the middle of it. I just want to say that some of the greatest blessings come when we give everything over to Jesus, if not the greatest blessings. When we give everything over to him, when we put it all at his disposal. And you may be here this morning and a fresh surrender of everything, a fresh reconsideration of who you are and what you've been doing and where Jesus belongs in it is just what you need for a major breakthrough in your life. 
And then they went out into deeper waters. They obeyed Jesus against their logic, against their reasoning, especially against their past experience. These men knew this lake like the back of their hand. Against human wisdom, against all those things, they obeyed Jesus and moved out from the shallows into, it says, deep water. We've been so stirred this year as we've begun to think about the, some of the implications of that prophetic picture in Ezekiel 47, of that river that flows from the temple and gets deeper by stages. William read it last night, his version, it said every third of a mile, I think. This water's getting deeper by stages. And some of us um, have been swimming far too near the shore, paddling around in the shallows for too long. Maybe all of us in some ways, treading water sometimes. And the Holy Spirit is urging us out into deeper waters. For, for many of us, it will, be, it will involve heading into the unknown. I've got to be honest, I could never do wild water swimming. I couldn't swim the channel. I hate the thought of deep water underneath me. But in the realm of the Spirit... I know that the greatest blessings and breakthroughs are usually at the other end of an act of faith and courage and bravery. It's time to trust the Holy Spirit with where he wants to take us. Amen. They were washing their nets. They were offering their boat. They put out into deeper waters. And then in verse 7, they, inv they invoke the power of partnership. It says they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. In this, in this moment of, of great need that they face, they have two choices. We can try and handle this alone. We can muddle our way through. We, we'll lose something if we do. Or we can ask for help. And their partnership saved the day, saved the catch, facilitated a miracle. I love the fact, by the way, that that these two sets of partners are, are two sets of brothers, Simon and Andrew, James and John. And at the heart, of it, my, my Bible's headed here, Jesus calling his first disciples. His first disciples were brothers. At the heart of it, at the core of his team, because three of, these, three of these are his closest group. At the heart of his team are men who understood brotherly bonds, familial ties. If we want the best that Jesus has for us, we have to give up our independence yes. and ask for help yes. and come together in his family. Amen. 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 And when they did, they experienced double blessing, almost overwhelming, right. exceeding their expectations, exceeding natural, normal results. I bet that had never happened before. I wonder if it ever happened again. They're amazed they're awestruck. And what I love about this, there's plenty for everybody. Both boats get filled. Both boats get filled to the point of sinking. Both boats benefited. We will never lose out by helping each other. No one missed out. When we work together, we all get blessed. It's a great story. It's a story about following Jesus and preparing for a new day, and making ourselves available, 
and going deeper and working together and handling great increase. Therefore, I think it's a story for us. Matthew and Julian will remember, I'm sure, and, and Charles maybe as well, but in circa 2000, when we met together to pray and, and, and say, should we, should we physically join these churches? This was the word the Lord spoke to us. And it was a great help. I love the fact it speaks now in a different context Amen. of a working together. And I really believe this is God's heart for us to help us unlock the blessings and fruit of a new season. Amen. Amen. Turn with me, please, to Genesis 1, 26. Genesis 1, 26. You feel encouraged? Good, because I'm turning to Genesis 26, even though I clearly said turn to Genesis 1. I'm wondering why this verse isn't there. Genesis 26, yes, very different. <laughs> Ever since we, we, we began to speak about this gathering, these three words have been turning over and over in my heart. And this is, this is uh, what God says in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. It's those first three words. Let us make. Let us make. It's, a, it's an invitation to fill a blank page. Let us make. God started stirring with me. What could we make together? What could we make together? How could we fill the page? What might God have for us? And the prophetic words come to, to already begin to steer us. God in his divine togetherness is here expressing his, his creative heart and mind to make man in his image. With partnership, with togetherness, with creativity and with multiplication, part of his DNA. Let us make three little words packed with power and potential. And I want us to just consider before we break bread together, what shall we make? How can we express our togetherness? How can we help each other? How can we invoke the power of partnership? How can we show that two is better than one? How might it impact the region? How could we write a new chapter and make the most of this new season? These are, in many ways, simple things. I trust they stir hope and dream. And as the Lord said to me this morning, become a catalyst for people. That a catalyst start to work in you and work in us to create something. Let us make. So under three simple headings. First of all, great churches. Three churches, five congregations with our partners and our brothers not far away, joined in heart and mind. It sounds like a recipe for great blessing. What if we prayed for one another in such a way that we create uh, what I just want to call a ring of prayer 
around and over this region. It says in Acts 4 that the, the disciples all raised their voices together. And you know the outcome, the place shook. God, God filled them afresh with his spirit. It says in James 5 that the prayers of righteous men and women are, are powerful and effective. What if we all pray for one another in such a way that we create something around this region that shifts things in the heavens and on earth? What if we create settings where, as our singles did, like some of our singles met together yesterday, where our singles or our seniors or our youth or our children can be part of something that is much bigger across this region? What if we can support each other practically in mission, in our respective places, in initiatives, just coming to help and volunteer and, and support one another? What if we simply create gatherings like this where we can come together in worship and thankfulness and feel ourselves elevated in something, into something bigger and larger and heaven touching earth as it did this morning? How powerful when brothers and sisters come together in, in unity? What if we simply stay open to the many other ways that I believe the Holy Spirit will show us of being together. I tell you what if, then our three great churches will be made greater, stronger, broader, fuller, more complete, with a better, with a, with a more full expression of Christ amongst us. And I believe growth will be inevitable. Because what we're finding is, is so many people are looking for something that is stable and secure and consistent, and clear, and with vision, and purpose. And I believe as we express these things increasingly together, that will only add to those hallmarks, and we will find it's time to prepare our nets for a bigger catch. It's time for, as the Lord said, bigger vision, bigger thinking. Secondly, great teams. Great teams. Our elderships have begun to meet together for prayer and encouragement, for strengthening, for cheering each other on and saying, we're all for you. I'm so blessed by that. All these brothers are for you. But combining our, our, our depth of gift and resource and talent and experience that exists amongst us makes it possible to equip and train and strengthen the teams in the churches to, to, to input to the kids and the youth and emerging ministries and leaders to enable us to raise up all that we will need for all that God has for us together and in our respective places. And lastly, gosh, I never usually speak for 27 minutes, but I'll get rich on with a few jokes next. And there's... How about some more great churches? Perhaps the greatest impact will be when we plant out other churches across this region. God made people who will reproduce. And I believe that's his heart for every church that bears his name. Our joining together can and I believe should result in something which comes forth from us 
and combines our respective DNAs. Let us make something new together. If you could put that map up, I forgot to uh, highlight this, but you know, last night the Lord said, I want you to have an impact in every city and town in the region. I heard that through the prophet. Every city and town. The Lord seemed to exclude nowhere. Sometimes our thinking is so much smaller than his. Sorry, always our thinking is so much smaller than his. Look at, look, I hope you can read that. Royal Leamington Spa, Daventry, Rugby, Northampton, Toaster, Wellingborough, Kettering, Corby, Oundle, Stamford, Oakham. Just going around the inner, the inner ring at the moment. Melton Mowbray, Loughborough, Colville, Burton-on-Trent, Tamworth, Solihull, Redditch. That's before we send anybody to Pinchbeck and Spalding. I'm sure they're lovely places. But we're in a region with dozens of towns and some other cities. And the Lord said, I want you to have an impact in every city and town in this region. He didn't even define the region. All the earth. Hallelujah. We can send joint teams. We can work together. We can give opportunity for some people to be necessarily repotted where they can spread their wings. Our experience is when we open another door, when we open more doors, people come into the house of God. We should take our gospel to new places and see new works established for the glory of God and we should get ready for all that God has in his heart and mind for us. Let us make something which will be a powerful, lasting testimony to men and angels of our oneness, of our togetherness, of our unity. Let's signal to our partners in the other boats and let's help each other into all that God has for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.